1: Radio Red in the House, happy to be here. Second week broadcasting live from Loudoun, Tennessee. I told people that I wanted to move to London, but I had a moment where the N was upside down and turned into a U and I ended up in Loudoun, Tennessee. Not so bad. Here we are, big house, big yard, big garden. Oh my goodness, what am I gonna do? I'll just figure it out. Here we are, Read My Lips Radio. I've got three wonderful creatives, but before we do anything, we have to do our protocol every week. We have a special greeting to do. My guests, please, on the shout, of I'll count to three, and you're all going to say hello L L L, and I'll explain who that is. So here we go: one, two, three. Hello, hello L, L-, 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 L L L, and L L is a friend of George's, who is one of my panelists tonight, as well as mine. That's lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener, who lives in Whitestone, and I've been trying to raise money. Fictionally, fictitiously, of course, for years to move her to London. But with the weather this summer, she didn't want to go there. So I think we're going to move her to Larchmont or maybe she'll come here to Loudoun with me. So that's George, you know, Laura, dancer, Laura. I
2: dance with Laura. (laughs)
1: There you go. Well, Laura is looking forward to it. We also have to do a shout out to Lori Kay, who is a friend of mine on Words with Friends, and I met her through you, George. So there you go. This is friends and family today. So let's see. We are October 10th. It is the 283rd day of 2022 in the Gregorian calendar. I always say thank you to Greg, Gregory, Gregor, whatever his mommy called him. We still love his calendar. There are 82 days left in 2022. This is the 41st Monday, and nobody gives a you-know-what about that except me. But the reason I mentioned Steve and Deborah and George, 82 days is because if you're thinking of making Kahlua in the sink in your garage, you need those flavors to melt. So you should get started soon. 82 days is just about enough. If you're going to buy wine online and a wine store or champagne, bubbly, anything, they're going to be sold out soon because people will be celebrating big time Mm -hmm. to celebrate the end of 2022 and the start of 2023. And George, if you're planning to create some bootleg whiskey in a bucket in the backyard, in your yard, I've been to your yard. You better start soon because it takes a while. So you've all been warned it's time to start thinking about what you're going to imbibe on New Year's Eve. We're in the sign of Libra, the zodiac, September 23rd to October 22nd. I had a birthday last Friday, and Deborah is tomorrow, so an early happy birthday. Libra is the seventh astrological sign in the zodiac. Uh, Let's see. The symbol of the scales is based on the scales of justice held by Themis, the Greek personification of divine law and custom, the inspiration for modern depictions of Lady Justice and the ruling planet is Venus. So there, what can I tell you? Let me tell you who my three very special guests are today. I'm going to do a very quick introduction. Just wave hello. It's not time to talk yet. Then we'll do the bios. Deborah Alco is with us. Deborah is the founder and executive director of Save the Safari. That's right. She's the creator of the Draw D R A W program for animal art. She's been an animal artist for more than 30 years. Looking at her, you can't tell. And she's a creator of the Kenya. Safari Experience. Deborah, wave hello. There you are. Beautiful. And she's got a treat for us during the show. George Cutler is the author of One of Them, Real Life Poetry. I've known George forever and ever, I think for 25 years. He has directed TV shows for me. I've been in his, some of his stuff. He's directed my play. Uh, He's a poet. He's a I think he's a ventriloquist. He has voices. He's an author. He's a stand-up comic. Sometimes he stands up. Sometimes he lies down. Sometimes he sits down. He's a producer, a videographer, an impersonator, a professional clown, and the creator of pantomime magic. George, I am delighted. Just say hello, George. There you are. Hello. How are you? No, you just have to say hello, George. <laughs> hello, George. <laughs> there you go. Okay, fine. Thank you very much. And Steve Cahan is with us. Am I saying that last name right, Steve? I got it?
3: Yes, you are.
1: Oh, thank goodness. And a shout out to your publicist, Jessica White, for contacting me and saying, Steve was on a few years ago. He wants to come back. And I said, yes. Steve is on the business side of creativity. He's helped grow seven startup companies, and that must be some kind of a record. He's the author of Be a Startup Superstar and the upcoming book. And I want a copy of that one, High Velocity Digital Marketing. Great name for a radio show, Steve. We need to work together. And the title of this show today is Read My Lips, Acting Out, your creativity. And George, that's an homage to you because George talks about acting out. He's talked about that over the years in his comedy and all of that. So very, very good. Welcome to all of you. Everybody wave hello to our audience on Facebook. We're live. We actually have some people watching us. Well, what do you know about that? Let's go around the table. Debra, am I saying Alco right? Is that correct? Yes, that's a- correct. A-L-K-O-W. Why don't you take a couple of minutes and tell us who you are and what is this safari experience and what is animal art? Deborah, welcome. Okay.
4: My name is Deborah Alco. As you said, and I'm director of Save the Safari, a nonprofit that uses art to raise awareness of animals and the environment. What we do is we connect people with the animals that they only see in the zoo and places that they only hear about through art, and we send it out over the internet into their homes. And we have over 10,000 members. It is growing daily by a, or an average of 20 people, so it's really growing. And that's, this is an example of one of the rainforests and one of the savannas. Now, I have Debbie the artist. I'm trying to get her on the phone, and she just wants to say a few words. Um, she's in the rainforest. It's a good connection.
5: The Amazon River Basin is beautiful and diverse in animals and foliage. I know the sculptures will reflect how amazing this place is. So please, everyone, go to safenessafari.org and give your email. It's as easy as that. Deborah, I have to tell you, I'm a little on edge. This morning I smelled spoke. My husband, Mitchell, he went out to check it out. It's been hours. I haven't heard from him. excuse me deborah i have to take this it may be mitchell oh thank god you're safe (laughs) you want to do what mitchell is fine but he just said the strangest thing he wants to buy gas masks for us our children and our unborn grandchildren i wonder why here he comes we can ask him hi mitchell why do you want to buy gas masks the
2: amazon is burning and the beautiful trees that clean the carbon dioxide out of the air are disappearing fast. I have to buy gas masks for us, our children, our friends, relatives and neighbors. I think 200 should do it, don't you?
5: Michelle, I'm speaking with Deborah Alco and Radio Red and her audience. Do you really think everyone should be concerned?
2: Do you not hear me? I asked around. It's estimated that 80,000 to 200,000 acres of burned or cut a day. How long could it last? We need to buy masks because fewer trees mean more carbon, and soon we will not have any air to breathe. Telling you what's happening. I think I need to buy 500 masks.
5: Sorry, I have to go. It is true. We should all be concerned. Losing signal. Talk to you soon. Okay, send me a mask.
1: Thank you very much, Deborah. What we're going to do is we're going to have you send me the audio file, and Josh, my engineer, will dub it in because it was a little hard to hear. So we'll dub that in post-production. Thank you very much. Pleasure to meet Debbie and to meet Mitchell, and I'm glad he's safe. There we go. Let's go around the table. George Cutler, delighted to have you. I'm going to put you on speaker view. Who is George today? I never know from day to day, month to month, year to year, week to week. George, introduce yourself, please.
2: Okay, I'm George Cutler, and I just – I uh, wrote a poetry book and I published it. Uh, I've been uh, been uh, retired for 30, uh, 26 years and I'm running out of things to do. So I decided to write my poetry uh, book. Actually, I, went, I was in a class for um, about five years and I wrote many poems and I kind of just kept them on my computer and kept them safe and um all of a sudden I was going to this doctor and um I was going to a uh, uh, doctor that wasn't paying it or the the uh, <laughs> I'm gonna run out of words okay uh, well it was very comical what happened to me in the office um and I didn't have a I didn't have a what uh an appointment and but I know I Somebody did call me to have an appointment, but I wanted, make, I wanted to make a video of what, actually what happened. It was very comical. And um, and the end result was, uh, I, I see a guy with a beard and I said, could you imagine? I'm waiting here an hour. And, uh, he, and he calls me, what are you worried about? I came here clean shaven. <laughs> Okay. So, so I was going to make this video, and I says, "What am I wasting my time with uh, that?" And I, and I got together, I got my uh, poems all together, uh, put them in different uh, uh, classifications, and uh, mailed them to a publisher, and uh, uh, and then I edited them, or they edited them uh, for me, and I. I came back and finally they formatted. And there I was, I have a book now.
1: (laughs) And the book is very nice, George. I read it and I was, I was very engaged by the way you tell stories and with your permission, I'll read a couple of your poems later. May I do that? certainly no problem thank you very Munch much like okay thank you I will Steve Cahan talk to me it's been how many years since you've been on a couple years
3: it has been a while but it is good to be back with you
1: thank you Reintroduce. and what I do when I have a returning guest is I, I have a special calculator Steve and I say well I have about mm, let's see 50 shows a year three guests about 150 175 guests a year and if you were on, let's say, three years ago, that would be 400, 450. Um, and I'm guessing that there might be about 12.75 people who don't remember you, Steve. Don't be offended. But 12.75 isn't bad for three years, if that's how long. So why not you talk to those 12.75 people, and me and George and Deborah, and update us on what you've been up to. Steve, welcome back.
3: Well, thank you for having me. And uh, quite frankly, I'd be quite happy if there were even 12.75 that remember me. So that would be awesome. Uh, But I, uh, again, I'm Steve Cahan. I I very much am a serial entrepreneur. And so I've helped grow, as you had mentioned, a number of startup companies uh, to going public or being sold, uh, generating over $5 billion in shareholder value. Most recently, I ran uh, marketing and operations for a cybersecurity company called Thichotic, uh, where we grew revenue when I started uh, was at $4 million. And five years later, we were at $145 million and sold the company for $1.4 billion. Uh, I'm uh, author of two books, uh, Be a Startup Superstar, which was really focused on helping young professionals uh, make good career choices, particularly in the startup world. And and if they did, how they would go about being very successful. My new book, High Velocity Digital Marketing is really my background, which is uh, how you market and grow companies super quickly online. Uh, I'm probably best known for helping companies and teams uh, take on the impossible and succeeding. And uh, and enjoying that process. And I live in Texas with my wife and two lovely grandchildren who, when we had our first session on your show, I had no grandchildren. So very happy about that.
1: Well, Mazel Tov for that. Thank you. And Steve, would you say that you have to be very creative in a business sense or even in a philosophical, poetic, everyday sense in order to help businesses get where they are through through your your support.
3: Absolutely. So I, I've been blessed to have worked with some great companies and really super talented people and have somehow been able to get them focused on on achieving great success. And part of that starts with regularly challenging the status quo. And when you go to work at a company, we, we we've heard the old saying so many times, if it ain't broke, don't fix it or that's the way we've always done things around here. And that's because the status quo is really strong. It it represents a bias that could permeate the culture of a company for keeping in place the current state of affairs. And it's comfortable, it's predictable. A lot of people view it as less risky, but growth requires creativity and change. And most every person, at least that I know, who wants to become great at some point had to challenge the status quo. And you just can't achieve success in the business world if you continue to do the same things. And I really believe that that's a core element to unleashing creativity, particularly in the business world.
1: Steve, but I think it applies also to the real world. George, how many times have you taken risk and gotten out of your comfort zone to create? George does videos where he plays four or five different characters and he uses a green screen and he's four men, four, four old men playing Texas Hold'em and each one has a different voice, a different wig, a different mustache, a different beard, and they all have an attitude and they're all at his dining room table playing in George. George, you had to step out of so many comfort zones to create, write the play, to create the characters, to have the, you know, the chutzpah to Play the character. George. Just be quickly on on that. How risky did you feel it was that well, you would I be able think, to
2: do? I uh, I. You know, I'm at an age I don't really care anymore how I look <laughs> <laughs> or what I do, and um, uh, and uh, I think the the scariest thing I ever did was my first time with stand up, and. Um, and it was very scary. And I, I practiced my routine like a, like I was going on stage with a, a written script. And that's not what you do in stand up. Nope. And and what happened? I lost my way, and uh, I uh, gave this. I gave the uh, punchline before I gave the setup, <laughs> and I got my best laugh.
1: Of course you did, because that's why people love you when you're on stage, George. And I, yeah, well, Steve, Steve, and Deborah, I did stand up too. And I studied at the American Comedy Institute under Steve Rosenfeld. And my debut, George, I don't know if you were there. My my dad was still alive. Brought a, a table full of people, Carolines, New York, fifty-fourth, yeah, and um, uh, they had to pay. And this was a real deal. Ten ten newbies and. I was one of them, and two—I call them bookends, professional comics—and I was scared out of my mind being on stage at Caroline's. I uh, was—I looked a little bit different. I was skinny as a rail, and I did a, a routine about being a born again the V word because I was divorced twenty one years and I thanked everybody for joining me and I think I had a corsage on and people came up and said they'd never heard anybody say that before <laughs> and I got booked at clubs around New York based on that three minute routine. <laughs> <laughs> Scared out of my mind. Anyway, George thank you. But I want I want to go to Deborah. Deborah um, you yeah. you you've gotten out of the, the the path most people would. What? Animal art? Thirty years and you've got for our listeners on Voice American Empowerment, you can't see this beautiful it's a scene with paper animals and trees and and water bodies of water and Deborah says that in the real real world it's ceramic. she's created this Deborah. How much breaking mode or mold did you have to do to be accepted as an artist of animals? Just talk to me briefly
4: oh, my whole path is different than anybody else. Because I've always been an animal artist since the age of four, when I went to Philadelphia Zoo and there was a, a bear and he was in a cage the size of a bear. And it, since then, I've only done animals, all, all the art in and out of school. And I was also raised in the art market of the, you know, the New York art market in the 70s and the 80s. My mother was a collector. We went to all the openings. So I was really raised to be an artist, but it's not the easiest thing to do. And uh, I decided to do my art for a purpose. Mm -hmm. And I went to grad school and I have a master's in nonprofit management. Excuse me, I have to take a drink. Take a drink. And uh, so I did work at many nonprofits and I know how to run a nonprofit. And our goal is to have a worldwide membership of people that are doing artwork and care about the world. And they can go to Save the safari.org to sign up for free, fun family art projects. And this is what we send out. But yes, creativity um, and my thing is completely different. So I found my own way, even in grad school, because I wanted to be it to be an entrepreneurial nonprofit. But that's not where it is right now. And nobody had even heard of that. <laughs> Um, what we're doing now is we're sending these out and we're also looking for sponsors for sculptures. Okay,
1: Deborah, so. I'm, I'm going to move on, but thank you very much. Very interesting. So you had to combine your love for animal art with a purpose and that's the creativity. That's the nugget, right? Steve and George, that's the nugget I'm looking for and how you, you went off the beaten path, whether it was on a <laughs> safari or not. Thank you very much, all of you. I want to move on to the quotes. I've asked my guests as I always do to send me a fictional character quote from a TV show or a movie or a, song lyric. I think we have a little bit of everything today. And they're going to explain what it has to do with our theme of creativity with a capital C. And Deborah has sent us a quote from Norma Desmond, played by late great actress Gloria Swanson, the movie Sunset Boulevard, 1950 American black comedy noir film, directed and co-written, if anybody remembers, Billy Wilder. And it was named for a major street that runs through Hollywood, the center of the American film industry. Okay. And the plot was Gloria Swanson was a former silent film star who draws struggling screenwriter, Joe Gillis, played by William Holden, into her demented, there's the dark part, George, noir, black, dark, demented fantasy world where she dreams of making a triumphant return to the screen. And there were were actually cameo appearances by leading silent film actors, Buster Keaton, H.B. Warner and Anna Q. Nielsen. So here is the quote. I have it right off the clip, Deborah. Take two minutes and explain what this has to do with creativity. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. That's probably one of the most famous lines in movie history. Deborah, what does this have to do with our theme? Go ahead. Oh,
4: creativity? Well, it's all creativity because now we're ready for our close-up. I you know, When I went to school I have a radio and television degree and we studied movies because at that point that was what you studied and I always loved all the old movies and I watched all the silent movies and all the the 50s movies and I always felt that that was a great line because when you're ready for your close-up and you're coming out you have to be very creative and you have to show it in a new light I know that was a dark quote but you can take it and use it any way you want and I like to make things fun and light and happy.
1: It's not a dark quote at all. I think that when you're on the precipice, George and, and Steve and Deborah, all of you, when you're on the precipice of saying to the world, I'm doing something different. I'm doing something you didn't expect. I'm doing something you may not think I can succeed in because nobody has. You're basically looking into that spotlight, that camera and saying, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. You're saying, okay, world, pay attention to me now. How do you think I started in radio? Where do you think AKA Radio Red comes from? AKA put me, I was, I'm a former early woman in tech of uh, the sort, the sort order starts with the letter A, the numbers and the, the letter A. So I said, if I start my name with a letter A, when people sort it, it'll come to the top of the list and then red hair anyway, blah, blah, blah. You have to be creative in how you present yourself, right, Steve? Right, George? Your brand, who you are, how you speak, how you look. We each are a brand. We're a creative brand. Thank you, Deborah. Let's go to George. George sent a three-word quote. I love these little quotes. This is from Seinfeld. It's used in so many episodes, George. I had fun looking it up, but I'm going to pick one episode from 1992. Season 4, Episode 6, The Watch. Jerry tries to buy his watch back from Uncle Leo, who found it in the garbage, where Jerry put it in the first place. George, not you, George, tries to George Costanzas tries to resurrect the fledgling NBC deal. They wanted a show about nothing, George. I'm getting your quote in right, there. Right. When Elaine plans a breakup from her psychiatri- psychotherapist with Kramer's help. We got everybody into that little description. Here's the quote, come on up. And I think he used it when they ordered takeout food as well. Come on up. And they ordered it when Elaine was downstairs. Come on up. So, George, what do you want to say about creativity with Come On Up? I can't wait well, for this. Come
2: On Up was every time the doorbell rang, <laughs> uh, they, he would press it and say, come on up. And, uh, of course, a character would walk through the door, and you never know what was going to happen, especially uh, uh, Kramer or uh, George <laughs> And it started the episode, really, and it started the creativity, or joined the creativity of the act. Um, and um, and the thing of it, the, the whole show was all about nothing, <laughs> which was creative, and and they made it work.
1: And, and it sometimes creativity—you take nothing, right? You take yeah, nothing right. because it wasn't there before. Deborah, yeah. your art wasn't there before. George, your poems and your comedy was not there before. My radio show was not here before. Steve, people may have dealt with or ha- been handled with or by or counseled or tutored or guided by people similar to you, but you weren't there before you were there, right? So, so a show about nothing. It was yeah. nothing until you got that. That could be an interesting brand. The world was nothing till I got here. Let's not get biblical here. Let's go to Steve. You picked a song quote. This is So we had a movie. We had a TV show. And now we've got a song quote. Thank you all. And by the way, disclaimer to my audience, my guests did not get together behind the scenes. They don't even know each other and say, OK, one of you will pick a movie, one of you pick a TV, and one of you pick a song quote. They didn't do that. So this is just Besher. This is the way it works. So the quote is from the Tom Petty song, 1989, Running Down a Dream co-written and recorded by Tom Petty. It was the second single from his first solo album, Full Moon Fever, number 23 in Canada. It made the U.S. top what? Hot, top Hot 100, top the Billboard album rock tracks chart. And it was the title of the documentary. I guess you know this, Steve, the title of the 2007 documentary about Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, okay? And there's a line in there that's a nod to anybody remember Del Shannon, Runaway? Remember the song runaway? Well, there's a line, a nod to Petty's musical roots. The lyric me and Del were singing little runaway was a reference to Del Shannon and his favorite is pop song. Very big hit. And I remember runaway, run, 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 run away. I promise not to sing on my shows. It usually brings the audience down. Here's the line Steve has picked working on a mystery going wherever it leads, running down a dream. Love the line. Steve, how'd you find this one?
3: Well, first of all, I'm a big Tom Petty fan, but what makes that so meaningful to me is that I think, first of all, anyone who tells you that they've got it all figured out, or if you ever become envious of someone whose life seems nearly perfect, at least on social media, uh, to me, I've got one word and that word would be beware. And so I I think we're all working on a mystery. We're all running down dreams. And really, it's the creativity and and sort of the unexpected that actually comes up in life that actually makes it so much fun. And what I've found is that I've always had a dream, that dream evolves. And that is, uh, for example, right now, one of my dreams even though I've worked in the corporate world my whole life was to not write about uh, uh, my business, but write about nonfiction. And so now actually a co-author of James Patterson and I are partnering together on a murder mystery that I wrote the plot characters and a scene by scene storyline. And that is the most fun I've ever had because I'm using my creativity in ways that I never have in the business world.
1: Wow, well, that's impressive. We just froze and I can't do anything. George, you can talk, go ahead, until we unfreeze. Go that ahead, George. It's
3: amazing, I, wrote, I read a
2: few of his books. They're amazing, I love them. <laughs>
1: Thank you very much. Steve, talk a little bit until we unfreeze because I can't get to my notes right here. So just continue a little bit. There we go. We unfroze. George, thank you. We're okay. We're okay. To the audience, we're having Mac freezing problems, as you know, for the past couple of weeks. Thank you all. I appreciate that. Let's go to, let me go to, uh, we've got George on the view here. We're going to go to gallery and it's not going to gallery. So George, you're just stuck on the view there for a couple seconds until it decides to resolve. Deborah, I'm going to your creativity statement number three. I'm going to read it and I'm going to ask you to Unpack it for about two minutes and then I'll pick one from George and one from Steve. We should be okay in just a second here. Oh my goodness, look at me just staring at the screen there. Okay, so Deborah says doing art can change people and make them care. It is also very good for your mind, body and soul. Deborah talked to me.
4: Hey, yes, it's very good for your mind, body and soul because it keeps your mind sharp. your body relaxes you and your soul it allows you to be very creative. But it's also, it can connect people to things Art throughout the history has always made people care. So what we're trying to do is connect people to these animals and the environments and have them care more. So that's why it comes over the Internet. They can make it. What happens is it comes out with, of course, facts and stuff. They paste it to a paper plate. They cut it out and they bend it and color it in. And it becomes an animal that they can put in an environment. So that's what we're trying to do It's connect people through art. Thank you. And that's really
1: important. I, I realized, well, I've painted about 200 paintings in my home in Durham in the past three years. Wow. And my movers packed them as though they were Picassos. And if you could have seen what they did, this heavy packing paper over every three or four large, like a 24 by 36 canvases. I had no idea how many. I know there's about 200, but I didn't know how much room they take up. I had an 11,000 pound move. (laughs) I won't tell you what it cost, but you can do the numbers. And my friends here are helping me unpack. And when I bought the house, I said to the former, the children of the owner who had moved out, he had a stroke. And I said to them, please leave all of his cabinets. I'll call them his tinkering cabinets in the garage. So there must be about 12 metal wood, um, any kind of, uh, uh, whatever you would call it, standing cabinets with doors and with shelves. Some of them lock, some of them don't. Some of them are, are I want to say Melmac. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> sheep rock, sheep she board, you know. And uh, he also took somebody's green Kelly green kitchen cabinets and made a workbench underneath the cabinets in the back. It's a three car garage. It's about 800 square feet. It's enormous. So my friends came in, they're washing out all the cabinets and we're putting down packing paper and I'm putting all of my antiques that I don't have room in the house for, but I'm taking over the sunroom, which has wonderful light and making that my art studio, but there's no place to put my 200 pictures. So I have a quandary. So talk about <laughs> Art and, and coming out and expressing yourself. I have to start painting again, but the question is, what the blank do I do with the rest of the artwork? And I have now have five okay. pictures in my office, so I'll get to that. So let's, George, I'm looking, I'm combining your statement number three and four. I like both of them. Let me read them for you, and then you can tell us about what they mean. You say, creativity is fun, and fun is my game. I think we know that about you. And then you say, creativity produces newness in one's life and has been in my life a long time. So let's talk about the fun and the newness. George, what do you think?
2: Well, it's exciting to do something different. Uh, I had a lot of changes in my life. And, um, and, and, not, and some of them were not very sa- was sad. But somehow, if you look at life itself, you get new things that you have to deal with. And... Uh, Uh, And if you could turn it around and deal with it humorously, which I do with my comedy and my writings and my poetry, uh, uh, it's exciting to do that and put it out there. Uh, Like you said uh, before, uh, what scares you? You know, you put it out there and you wonder what people will think of you you know, uh, and and if you get good responses, you go wow. <laughs> like my book, my my wife, my uh, sister uh called me up the other day. She says, "I love your book." Yeah, you
1: know? <laughs> I love it too. George, can I read your first poem, "Fall"? May I read that because that's sure. The- sure. Okay, it's okay if I read it, right? I have it in front of me. Sure,
2: please, you're a better
1: reader than I am. Thank you, you're a better writer than I am. He says, a leaf falls with many others of different colors, greenish now, but will join its brothers. Changes that occur form a year of blur. Dwindling smells of summer days bring sadness to my ways. When cold, serene, and snow arrive, excitement creates mixed feelings. Thoughts start to refresh my mind as I put my skis on. I slide back and forth, change my course. The seasons come and go. I move with the flow. What do you think, Steve? You like yeah. it?
3: I do. I think it's wonderfully written. Good job.
1: Yeah, beautiful. really good job. Hey, beautiful. Deborah, beautiful. what do you
4: beautiful. think? Beautiful. Beautiful.
1: Isn't it? George has a way with words, and sometimes he doesn't speak that way. But he sure has a way with. It. I want to. I want to read. I want to read the dreamy eyes of summer. Can we do the summer to bookend that, sure, uh, George? Sure. Okay. You say the dreamy eyes of summer see a sparkle of glimmer in bright, bright. I'm sorry. The sparkle of glimmer in green, bright leaves that wrestle with warm winds, while nights create shade. Some hot days ahead will drive me into a cool nest of conditioned air. Then I'll walk out chilled into warmth that soothes my inner love of summer will bring me to a plateau with sandy beaches and exposed skin with heat so intense. I won't remember the cold, the sun's yellowish rays will bake me Brown. No worry of big sea. Oh yes. It feels so good to be in the depth of summer. George, how'd I do?
2: Fantastic. I, <laughs> but I, I, I've been, um, doing a lot of promos and I, I read poems and I, uh, and I put it on uh, um, uh, a video. And I, wa- I,
1: put- I want to do your audio book. Can I narrate your audio book for you?
2: Sure, sure, definitely. <laughs> all
1: right, we'll, we'll talk. I would love to do that for you, with you. Okay, let's go to, and thank you all for the quotes. Let's go to some, we've already got, I'm looking for one more from Steve. Steve, I'm looking to your statement number four. This is important for what you do. You say creative leadership to connect with people Get them to act as one by inspiring them to focus on achieve your achieve your primary goal. That's an interesting way to put it, Steve. That's leadership goal. How does that work to get everybody together? Is it the process of getting them together that's creative or is it what is it that you're talking about creativity? Tell me.
3: I think a lot of times a obstacle of creativity is when the outcome that you're trying to achieve is vague in the business world if you have clarity around your primary objective it opens up the aperture for great success Mm. and if you ever had a manager that said to you well gee you just need to be more creative that's about as unhelpful as any comment (laughs) that anyone could make because It's one of those statements that's so easy to say, but so hard to do. And when you have a clarity of your objective, it's important because the pursuit of that objective rarely does the process towards that achievement exist in black and white. The world really exists in shades of gray. And so once you build that uh, sense of what true north is, and then get your team aligned with it and provide them with a strong sense as to why accomplishing that objective is important, you've gone well on your way towards unleashing uh, creativity and the potential that exists within it.
1: Thank you. And Steve, would we call that creative change management, because I, I have several many business radio shows, and we talk about how do you change a business culture? How do you get people on the same page? So we say this is a creative approach to create change management, or is every, creative, every change management requiring creativity on the part of leaders? Deborah's is nodding. What do you think, Steve?
3: Yeah, I think that that is true. And I think even as a leader, there's different ways to look at it. For example, a lot of times you'll find people that are wall-to-wall backed in meetings and it's hard to be creative when your calendar that you get up and you look at your calendar for the week and you see that it's just jam-packed in a lot of meetings that you don't need to be in and so creativity could come from even just giving uh, people within your organization the ability to protect their calendar, freeing them to spend more time on thinking strategically, being creative, because it won't happen when you're sitting in mind numbing meetings, that's for sure.
1: Thank you very much. I, I worked at a great big bank years ago in downtown Manhattan, and we used to have a certain, it was called, it began with the letter C, time, meaning You cannot show up for a meeting 15 minutes late. The meeting cannot go a half hour over the assigned time. You had to start on time and end, I think, 10 minutes early to give people a little bandwidth. I used to, Steve, you'll get a kick out of this. I used to probably reverse hyperventilate. I don't know how to say it, but I found myself yawning in these meetings and I wasn't tired yawning. There was not enough air in that room to sustain me. And I was actually pinching my earlobes, smacking my knee under the table, trying to stop the yawning. It was like an epidemic of yawns. I think I was bored. What do you think, Steve? Why was I yawning so much?
3: Well, I think that time's a finite resource. And once you lose it, you can't get it back. And When you want to be at your peak creativity, it probably won't happen between yawn one and six
1: (laughs) (laughs) or 12 or 20. Thank you very much. Well, I tried to be creative working in this bank and I would take my silk scarf and instead of putting it inside my sports jacket or my suit jacket, I put it in my hair and tied it in a bow. Well, instead of wearing very, you know, $1,000 suits to work because no customers ever saw me, even though I was doing customer-facing work all over the world, um, <laughs> I I would uh, I wore jackets that sometimes have little rhinestones on the jacket. And yeah, so they told me that they didn't appreciate the way I dressed at work, and they told me I had to take a dress for success course. And I was reprimanded, and I was talked to by my manager, who was a man who was a slob and he took his jacket off when he came to work and his shirt was always untucked and he just couldn't seem to keep his act together. And he had to tell me that I was not dressing properly for that environment where women were wearing $500 and $1,000 suits to work and they didn't like the bows in the hair when they didn't like the sparkles. I was the first one there at 715 every morning coming from Long Island. I took a 615 train from Great Neck, George. It was quite, quite a slap. Our seven, 730 first one. It was the movie the movie Wall Street was featured with the big columns in this building on Wall Street. Anyway, I I had quite a lesson in trying to express your brand creatively. My work was stellar. There's still things there that I did years ago. Groundbreaking, creativity off the charts. And yet I was not allowed to have a creative personal brand. Boo hoo. Okay, let's go on. Today is birthday. We've got a whole bunch of famous birthdays. If you know who the person is, I'm gonna call out just say something or wave or say happy birthday. Okay. Ben Vereen, we know actor, singer, dancer, Ben Vereen. Anybody say happy birthday, Ben. Go on. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Ben Vereen. Actor Peter Coyote. Well, Ben is 76. Peter Coyote is 81. Uh, Does anybody watch the Game of Thrones? Anybody? 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 Steve, I thought you would. Steve, maybe. Actor Charles Dance from the Game of Thrones is 76. He's Ben Vereen's brother. There we go. Anybody knows the Neville Brothers, the singing group, the, the musical oh. group? Well, Cyril of the Neville Brothers is 74. Tanya Happy Tucker, birthday. everybody's heard of. Tanya Happy Tucker. Birthday. Happy birthday, Tanya Tucker. She's all of 64. How about that? Nice. David Lee Roth, rock vocalist David with Lee Dan Roth. Halen. <laughs> First with Van Helen from 74 to 85, and then a solo career. He's all of 68 today. Bradley Whitford is a popular actor. I, you may not recognize him, but he's around. I have to mention a drummer. Mike Malinan of the Goo Goo Dolls is 55. I'm a drummer, so when I see a famous drummer's birthday, is a lot famous than I am. I have to remember their birthday. Um, Mario Lopez. We all know Mario Lopez, right? He hosts shows. He hosts Hollywood interviews. He was on Dancing with the Stars. He's 49. He's almost not a baby wow. anymore. I know. Happy birthday. Deborah's a birthday queen here. Did anybody (laughs) remember Downton Abbey on TV? George, did you watch Downton Abbey? I know I I did. I don't
2: think so. Anybody? Oh.
1: I loved it. Well, Matthew Cauley was one of the sons of the Cauley family, and the actor Dan Stevens, who played him, is 40 today, so happy birthday. Then there's the actress Rose MacGyver. I don't know who she is, but everybody's talking about her. And now I have, there's an actress named Regina Daniels, who's all of 22. And the reason I'm telling you that is because she was a Nollywood, N-O-L-L-Y actress as a child. And she began posting Instagram videos in 2015. Now do the math. That was seven years ago. She was 15 years old. Are you ready for this, George? Are you yes. ready? She has 11.1 1 million fans on Instagram. Oh. She's 22 oh. years old, and she started at 15. George, what are we doing wrong, Deborah?
5: Steve, I got 21.
1: 21 million?
2: No, I have a 21. <laughs> 21. There you go. I always-
1: Now, I have a couple of more shockers for you. I like to pick social media. I'm not making fun of their names, but they're always interesting. There's a young man, 31 today, whose name is Beat'em Up. B-E-A-T-E-M-U-P. Beat'em Up. Steve, you should see what I had in past weeks on YouTube. He's a video game reviewer. He's a vlogger with a V about Nintendo and the Nintendo games for the company Nintendo Switch. He only has, this is terrible, 1.5 million subscribers on YouTube. Only I, I gotta feel bad for him because it's his birthday, but his first video to surpass five hundred thousand views. George, when would one of your magic videos ever get yeah, five hundred thousand? Yeah. yeah, I, I remember. Uh, that here's the title, Steve. This may be a winning model for you to use in business. Five Nintendo Switch games that are worth the price and five that are not. And are not is all in capital letters. Steve, Steve. if you do that, you can get your clients five hundred thousand views on Insta. Okay. Awesome. Happy birthday to beat them ups, beat them ups. And then I have a young lady who's 22 and her name is The Real Tutu. The, T-H-E, Real, T-O-O, T-O-O, The Real Tutu. She creates post-dance routines and trends from TikTok. She has lifestyle, fashion, beauty content. She only has 140,000 followers. Obviously not too popular. However, she founded a company called Bundle Bratz, a hair company. She's the founder and CEO. She runs a TikTok page as... Too Teasy, T-O-O-T-E-E-Z-Y. She posts dance videos and narratives with her point of view. I can't wait to get her point of view. Steve, are you just at the edge of your chair there? I know George is saying, no, not for me hair products. He doesn't need them. Deborah, you and I could do it. Her video on her channel has 1.4 million likes. Wow. She's 22. Okay, there's another one, 22. I have some famous holidays you've never heard of. I guarantee. Oh, by the way, in 1935, on this day in history, George Gershwin's Porgy and Bess opened on Broadway. There's a little piece of musical history for you. That's my birthday. There you go. There you go. October 10th is not your birthday. No,
2: 35 is.
1: Oh, that's your year. Happy birthday, George. I don't talk age on the show. Now, here is interesting. There's something I have uh, about 10 holidays. So I'll make these really brief. Today is Bonzer Bottler Day. Bonser, I don't know who Bonzer Bottler is, but any month that has the day of the month, that's the month of the year. So this is October 10th, that's 1010. This is Bonzer Bottler Day. So September 9th, right? January 1st, February 2nd, March 3rd, April 4th so you can always celebrate it every month now it's also national angel food cake day who loves angel food cake with all that sugar and it's so light and you put strawberries on it and drizzle george do you like angel food cake oh i like
2: it too. not really i like chocolate ice cream
1: <laughs> i i do too i'll tell you my favorite brand in a minute it's also cake decorating day so while you're celebrating angel food cake day you can decorate it same day okay. two- it's national handbag day now, Deborah may remember we used to call them pocketbooks. We used to call them purses. We used to call them... now it's you got a satchel, you got a bag, you got something over. Steve, do you use a man purse? Do you? I do not. You do... Oh, I wasn't sure. Oh, I don't be mad at me. George, do you have a man purse? I'm trying to refrain from cutting in on you. <laughs> all right, George, do you have a man purse? What do you think? No, I don't
2: have a man purse.
1: Okay, there we go. That's definitive. Now, it's also National Hug a Drummer Day. I want you all to hug me. Come on, give me a virtual yes, that's hug. that's right. good. I'm a drummer. Like hug me. See, I needed those hugs. Thank you very much. It's also Hug a Kevin Day. Mm. Now, anybody whose name is Kevin. Now, when I went to close on my mortgage, I had to call for the ABA routing number for the funds to be no, that's when I sold my house. I had to call for the funds where they were going to send me the money that I had made on my house in Durham, North Carolina. Wow. And they told me the IBA numbers had changed. And the bank said, no, well, I had to talk to five different people. And I finally got a young lady named Amanda. And I said, Amanda, it's Thursday, but this past Monday was Amanda Day. She said, what's that? I said, in the 1800s and 1900s, poets and playwrights and musicians were naming everything after Amanda. It was one of the most popular girls' names in the country and in Europe. Then it saw a decline, and now, I'm sorry to tell you, I think it's number 238. And Amanda felt very sad, but she didn't know there was a day named after her. So I told her to look it up. And we're going to be friends forever. I don't even know who she is. So it's Hug at Kevin Day. You know a Kevin? Give him a hug already. It's National Kick Butt Day. And that's whatever that means to you. Steve, go out and kick butt with your clients. Deborah, kick butt with getting people to respect animal art and save save the safaris. George, kick butt with people who write poetry and need to express themselves. It's also Online Banking Day. We won't talk about that, but I love taking a picture of a check with my phone. And hitting deposit, (laughs) and it goes in, and I love that because it's so easy. Except when it won't take the picture on the back. You need a darker background. I gave you a darker background. Anyway, it's World Porridge Day. Does anybody remember what porridge means? Porridge. Yes. Oh, uh, uh, cereal. It's oatmeal. That's right. It's National Porridge Day, so it's not quite cold enough. You can have porridge. It's National Curry Week. That's not curry favor. That's the Indian spice. I'm sorry. Well, I don't make it anymore, but I taught my kids to love that. And it's UK. This is interesting. Deborah. you will love this. It's UK Coffee Week. And that means they are selling coffee to raise funds for Project Waterfall. And that's to end the water crisis faced by coffee growing communities worldwide. So the coffee makers contribute during this week to the project waterfall to get more water for those countries that have a difficult time. So we've got seven minutes left. And what I'd like to do now is I'd like to get a just a one minute, one and a half minute statement from each of you, a summary of why you think you're a creative or how you because I invited you on cool conversations with creatives. And I told you I wanted you on my show about creatives who have creativity in their life. So Deborah, you've already pitched your your project a couple of times, no more pitches, but I want you to tell, that's it, but I want you to tell us what's the core of your creativity. Just take about a minute and a half, then George and then Steve. Go ahead,
4: Deborah. The core of my creativity is that I love animals and I've always done my art to make the animals come alive. I do these big paintings. Like you said, I have enormous paintings with animals and I've been doing it, I said, all my life. And that's why I do it, is to come alive. So it makes me more creative. So I love animals through my art, and art made me love animals. Can
1: you hold up one of those, the lion or the tiger in the back, a little closer to the camera so we can see it? I want to see the detail. Can you take oh, something sure. up there?
4: Let's oh, see. Sure. I want Steve and well, George. This is the the is. Hold it up. <laughs> you know, they're 3D. They all stand on themselves. And you make those yourself, Deborah. Oh, yeah, like I said, they come. Yes, I make the patterns and they come in the internet. Hold it steady. Hold it up out. steady.
1: Okay, that's okay. the pattern. And hold up the she lion
4: again. Oh, then it becomes, you know, you cut it out. Oh, you want me to call the lioness?
1: Lioness, this there we the go. It's the lioness. Steve, what do so you think? Cute. Is that
4: beautiful? And then this is. is one of my jaguars. But they come, like I said, let's see, do I have one here? See, like, hit the baboon.
5: I'll right off All right, right take
4: now.
1: the zebra. Can you pick up the zebra yeah, there in the back?
4: The okay, okay, here's there the we jaguar go. uncovered. <laughs> uncovered.
1: Thank you. You are quite the artist, lady. Thank you very much. Let's go on. George, what's the core of your creativity, please? I think about
2: being thinking out of the box. And uh, I, uh, either, e- even when I was a child, uh, they looked at me kind of odd because I wasn't doing the regular things <laughs> that I was supposed to do. In fact, um, I think uh, I think my English teacher is turning off, over, turning over in a grave <laughs> a few times. <laughs> so, uh, she knows I I, I uh, published a poetry book, uh, and uh, always thinking about doing things different, not doing things. Uh, same old, same old. And uh, I think uh, we hit on that once.
1: George, you've always been never same old, same old. I have to tell both Deborah and and Steve, that George did a video called Rolling Along where he was on a green screen in his bike outfit riding a bike, and he did scenes from his childhood, and he imitated or impersonated his mother's voice. Where are you going, George? Why didn't you come home? I missed you. I was worried about you. And he shows himself riding all over the world, and it was called Rolling Along, and he did that for our television station in on Long Island. We have four minutes to close. George, thank you. Don't go away, everybody, after. We're going to take pictures. Steve, what's the okay, core okay. of your creativity? I want to know about your personal creativity, Steve separate from what you do with your clients. How are you creative in your personal life? What do you do?
3: So uh, I talked a little bit about uh, trying new things such as uh, writing the new murder mystery that I'm doing right now. But I think also a little bit of my creativity comes from having a sense of not being afraid to uh, be unsuccessful or fail. Right. Right. And so I think a lot of times people aren't creative because they're not sure that it will actually put them on the right path, which means that I found that you've got to summon the courage to make tough decisions. And and I think that uh, people who are often successful in the business world encourage creativity by inspiring others. Uh, to be able to quickly assess a situation, decide when other people stand idle, and uh, and 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 a lot of that is just having the courage to know that you might be wrong when the outcome is unclear, but deciding anyways. And I think creativity comes from that courage, from that uh, from that desire to make a decision and to stick with that commitment and wherever that outcome might lead you.
1: Steve, thank you. I had a guest about a month ago who said she considered creativity courageous creativity. That was the way she labeled it. And you just hit on that as well. It is creative. Where do you think this radio show came from? Where where do you you think somebody said to me, okay, at this stage in your life, you're going to do a show called Read My Lips, Cool Conversation. Heck no. I said, I want to do radio. I want to talk to creative people. People said to me, who's creative? I said, everybody's creative. George, you didn't write a script for the show tonight. Deborah, you didn't have a script. Steve, we're improving our lives. I don't think People understand. Oh, I don't know how to do improv. Heck yes. Every time you pick up the phone or you start writing something or you do an email, you're improving it. We don't have yeah. a script. We're just making it up. So to me, I tell people having be on my show, it's not about you have to be a singer or a dancer or a poet or an artist. You yeah. just a person and you're creating your life and Steve and and Deborah and George. A couple of weeks ago, I had a, a guest who was a business person. Steve and he said to me when he met me at the publicity summit where I met Deborah and Steve. I met you there originally, didn't I, at the National Publicity Summit? Couple of uh, ago.
3: no. No. Okay. <laughs> through all
1: right. Through a link then. Deborah's the one. Um. He said to me, nobody had ever pointed out to him. That he was a creative person, that he used creativity in his life, and he embraced it. And I had somebody a few weeks after that say, "Until they met me, they never thought about they're a creative person." So I hope I'm opening those doors for people. Deborah, quickly website. Where do you want people to go? We got to close.
4: SaveTheSafari.org, and if they you know do it today or tomorrow, they're going to get a one of my jaguars too. That besides Love. the welcome project they would get yep. one that Debbie the yep. artist has done thank that they you George is going to do
1: that George what website do you want people to go or, or I email? want you
2: to go to buy my book on Amazon and just put in uh, one of them by George Cutler there's a That's- few books one of them so
1: put in George Cutler, George C-U-T-L-E-R. Cutler. C-U-T-L-E-R. Steve- thank you Steve K I'll and put a me. review in what I, I will I'm going to put a review in Steve K yeah. and where do you want people to go
3: E a startup superstar.com.
1: Spell it again.
3: E-E-A-S-T-A-R-T-U-P superstar.com.
1: <laughs> thank you very much. I want to do my closing now and everybody just bear with me here. So thank you to Josh, my engineer. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. It's the only way. Trust me. Love truly. Everybody laugh uncontrollably with me. One, two, three. <laughs> And never, ever regret anything that made you smile. Final words, work like you don't need the money because nobody really cares. Dance like no one's watching. And when I danced, people watched. Sing like nobody's listening. Love like you have never been hurt because we've all been hurt. Get over it, move on. Money talks, chocolate sings. And last but not least, I stole this line from somebody else. Thank you for turning me on. Radio Red, don't go away, guest. Thank you, Josh. We got-
0: Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerments.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit
2: VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those.